hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Want a new career, a side gig, or simply the work arrangement that suits your life and lifestyle? Then remote work or working from home or anywhere else in the world that you may want may be the right choice for you. You're listening to Queer Money episode number 408, and today we're bringing back Daniela Flores of I Like to Dabble to talk about one of her specialties, finding and succeeding with remote work. Now, on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. This week, we are diving deeper into the whole idea of earning more money and ways that you can do that in a healthy manner for both your physical health and your mental health. And we are continuing our series around financial independence and retirement or retire early. And one of the keys to that is having a good work-life balance so that you can earn more money and be able to grow that gap between what you spend and what you earn so you can invest in close that gap. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's you want to widen the gap between what you earn and what you spend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, shut up. Oh, that's me doing math again. I need to do the the alligator sign and stop the, doing math. <laughs> right. This exactly. Is a money podcast. Anyway, folks, the whole idea here is how can we have that better life? And one of the keys that a lot of folks have been talking about, especially since COVID, is this whole idea of remote work. And literally, I see this on social media on a regular basis. Does anybody know where I can find a good job working remotely? And we have an expert in our community who loves to talk about this and share her knowledge or their knowledge. And so we're inviting back a guest that we had on a couple of years ago who has had one of our most popular podcast episodes. So let's cross her fingers. This is another most popular podcast episode. So welcome to the show again, Daniela Flores. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I love being on your podcast. So I'm super excited. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Your community around earning more money through side gigs and remote work has exploded. It's clearly a topic that people are interested in, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, well, throughout the last couple of years, you know, people have kind of redefined what work means to them and what they really like want to do with their time. So it definitely kind of, I guess, correlates to kind of that boom in my community as well. Exactly. And I will admit that it's it is fun to watch some of your comments on social media, especially <laughs> around this topic of remote work because some people are taking some pretty hard line stands when it comes to remote work. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But just to kind of for those people who are hiding under a rock, what is what is remote what is remote work and what are we thinking about when we're talking about remote work? So remote work is basically when someone works at a different location that isn't that central office location. So they're not working on site with 
their other coworkers on in that office. They could be working anywhere else, like their home, a co-working space, library, you know, if they're on vacation or something. But then there's different like sub areas of remote work and companies define it differently, yeah. you know, based on the company. Yeah. And I think that's where some of the confusion comes, right? A lot of, I think a lot of people, when they hear this idea of remote work, they picture the Instagram posts and reels and the TikToks of people who say, I make six figures sitting on the beach, right? And then we all want that. I want to make six figures sitting on the beach with a fruity drink or a nice beer sitting next to them. And we know that that's eh, not typically the way it's going. It's working, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You won't really be able to sit on the beach with a margarita. For one, I don't think your laptop's going to be very accommodating in a situation. <laughs> um, as much as it, you know, it's really fun. I don't think you should drink on the job. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what I've been doing wrong. Almost. Right. I know. Oh, right, we, just, we just got schooled. <laughs> Put down the glass of rosé. No way, rosé, if you're working today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. David created a rhyme. I love it. <laughs> so what personal experience do you have with working remotely that you can share with our listeners, maybe inspire them for some ideas? Yeah. So this kind of depends on your line of work, of course. So I've been working in IT and tech for a little bit over the last decade. So I started in the job market in 2011 after college. And my first job was a hybrid remote job because it was a startup in St. Louis. And so they let you work from home about like one to two days a week. But they're also very like that startup culture where a lot of the people that own it are a little older and everybody who works there is really young out of college. So it was also like they tried to keep you in the office as much as possible <laughs> with like events and alcohol and like all these things. So they really kind of encouraged against remote work, even though they offered it. And at that time, a lot of companies were like that too. Like my next job, I worked at Hudson Bay Company, which was you know a very big retail chain, but I worked also in IT there. And when I first started, it was not remote, but then we were there and their competitors started offering remote work. So they did as well. And it was one to two days at that time too. And then when I left that, because I was laid off, I actually got my first fully remote job and it was for a service disabled veteran owned business. And they were a completely virtual company. It was the first time I've ever worked for somebody like that. They did not have an office location. And we only saw each other about once a year, which was like at conferences. And they would have these veteran owned business conferences that we would all attend. It was pretty fun. You know, not being a veteran myself, I learned a lot. But it, what we did was a lot of work for the VA and VA contracts. So a lot of people were remote in that area too, because they were all contractors working for these remote veteran-owned businesses. But then I was laid off again from the change of administration then, which was when Trump took office, if you all can remember. And then from there, <laughs> yeah, I got, you know, I started working for MasterCard. And in between that too, I'd done freelancing. I'd done freelance web development, which I also worked remotely, but that wasn't for any one employer. But at, at MasterCard, they did have a very, I guess, liberal remote work policy where it wasn't ever established in an actual policy. They just let people work remotely when they wanted to and when they needed to. And then their remote work policy, which a lot of companies also didn't have when the pandemic came, MasterCard was actually equipped with that global infrastructure to support remote workers and to support that remote working. Everybody went full-time, even though I was full-time remote before that, which I was able to negotiate for because we were moving. And they were kind enough, you know, I did have a manager that worked with me on that. So like these things are very, I guess, specific to the person and specific to a certain situation, mm -hmm. at least, you know, back then, because remote work has been around for a while and there never has been this conversation about remote work and fully remote work being this controversial thing because people most of the time have thought that tech workers are the only ones who had access to that. Other people have had access to it as well. Like, you know, insurance brokers, they work remotely. There are some like 
teaching online that is done. There's people that work like in various different areas that they can do their job remotely at their computer. Their employer, if they have an also like a culture that matches that, you're you're good to go. And especially if many company, if the company you work at has a flex work or hybrid policy, that means that there's somebody at the company that also doesn't live there and probably working remotely. Like the mm-hmm. several employees at MasterCard were full-time remote employees even when I started there because several people didn't live there or they didn't live near an office. But MasterCard does have a presence in every single state and basically every single country. So they're able to support people tax-wise, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a big, a big thing in all of this because companies that you know, people will get very discouraged when they're looking at job listings. It says remote, but in like Nevada only or remote, but only in New York City, because that's those companies only have that presence tax wise and business registration wise in those specific areas. So they aren't able to support people elsewhere. But MasterCard, I was lucky enough that they had that presence. So when I asked to be able to, you know, stay on full time remotely, when we moved to Washington, they had a presence in Seattle. So I was able to do that, even though they don't have an actual office. They just have gone, I guess, and done that because they're such a big company. So that was the company that I worked remotely for the longest amount of time. And the most time I worked there, they never had an actual policy. They just now actually started releasing one where they asked everybody to come back, which a lot of these companies have done, but only if you're in like a certain hour radius, which a lot of these companies also have several like employees that work in a different state or a different country, not next, like not within a certain office or by an office location. So at MasterCard, they ask people to come back in two to three days a week, which still, to my knowledge, people I still talk to, people still aren't doing that because they don't really enforce it because they don't really want to enforce it. You know, (laughs) that kind of like gray area, which different companies handle differently. Yeah, it it makes sense. And we're going to talk about this, about the pros and cons, but that I think that is one of the things is it has for necessity, it evolved really quickly for so many companies. You know, I think about, I'm sure even MasterCard was this way, but you have service centers where you have sometimes hundreds, if not thousands of people who sit in a cubicle and are in a physical location because they have to connect to a phone system. And they didn't have phone systems that were built out and available for quick transition to people being able to work from home. And so we always know that when anything grows really quickly, it doesn't grow in the most effective, efficient, and easy manner that helps the most number of people, right? Oftentimes it's done in in very kind of quick, broken fashion. We'll fix it later. Let's do this quick. And then whatever needs to be fixed, we'll fix later. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. As you were talking, I was I was listening to some of the benefits that you were talking about that you were getting, right? This whole idea of you you moved from St. Louis to Washington State. And I forget where in Washington, what area are you? You're not in Seattle, the Seattle mm-hmm. area, right? No, we're in like a little town called Port Orchard. It's a very military area, like up by Bremerton, around the peninsula, because Tacoma and Seattle were a little too high cost of living for houses. So yeah. we found a little creative solution. Yeah, definitely. We have a Queer Money episode coming out 
actually, by the time this gets recorded, we might have already released that one about LGBTQ friendly cities in Washington. And oh my God, is Seattle so expensive? It's ridiculously yeah. expensive, right? It is very expensive. So that's, I guess that would be one of the benefits then is you, you have a little bit of freedom to be able to potentially move to a lower cost area. What are maybe some of the other benefits that people pros as to why someone would want to try to find remote work? So really like a big pro I realized when I started working remotely, it was like, it puts this space between you and the whole like culture of work where you get to like, you're in your own environment. So you get to, like, you don't have this pressure of having to show up a certain way or having to like be a certain way for someone like me, it like kind of lowered my anxiety about stuff, but you know, it's also kind of hard to separate yourself from work when working remote, especially if like you get very zoned in on certain things or really hung up on certain things like that can, you know, definitely have its downsides. But the mental health part, it really helped me, but it also heightened some parts of my mental health that I didn't know was going on. So it actually pushed me to get into therapy and figure that stuff out. And I also had the space and time to be able to do that, you know, without commuting and doing all this extra stuff that we were doing for work. Like just the extra time that you spend off at the office or at events or spending time with people or like, you know, on your way out and your boss asks you to do something and you're there for an extra hour. They can still do that though, remotely. Some of the other things, of course, saving money on commuting. Some people also save a whole ton of money, like if they're not eating out all the time for lunch and stuff like that. But you're also incurring expenses by working in your home, but you can, you know, write that off on your taxes. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the biggest benefits that I noticed when I started working from home was not feeling like I had to constantly rush to work and then rush home and get to this particular appointment or make sure I was home at a certain time for whoever was showing up to do something with some work on the condo. It just allowed a lot more flexibility to manage my life and not have to try to force my life to fit into my job, but just be able to have a good balance between the two so that I could just stay home one day if we were having the plumber coming over. Or if there was an issue for whatever reason, I couldn't get into work. It wasn't, it was not an issue. It was just one less stress I had to deal with. To me, that was one of the biggest benefits. And I think that's probably what most people would find as a benefit is it just gives you the opportunity to have a better work-life balance, which is something we've yeah. talked about before in the past, but I don't think many people do have an actual good work-life balance. But you did bring up a, 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 one of the cons, which was something that was some of the data has shown that a lot of people do struggle with being able to disconnect then when they are working from home because suddenly it, it goes from like 2 p.m. to like it's 8 p.m. and you haven't stopped <laughs> working on that one project because you want to finish it. So how do you how do you balance that and, and say, okay, at this particular time, I'm done working for my, my boss and I'm going to go back to my life? Yeah. So for me, I have to break up my day just because I get kind of I guess, hyper-focused at a certain time. So I try to break up my day and it's like, I have this thing where I have to run by a certain time. Cause if I don't, I start getting antsy and a little irritable. So it's like, I run at least by four every day. And if I do that, I can break up the day and it gets my mind out of that space. But just like you said, the flexibility is so huge, especially like if you think about most of the world is open during business hours that we have to work. So the flexibility is absolutely crucial. And like that flexibility also helps to break your day you know, apart too. So it's like, maybe you should schedule something around at the end of the day. So then you're forced to stop. Yeah. So okay. do you have the, the the flexibility then to sort of make your own hours in addition to working from home? Is so that something that people that, benefit from? Yeah, absolutely. So it depends on the employer if they want you to work during a specific, you know, set business hours. Some will be like, hey, we just need you for availability, like four hours during business hours, the rest are adjustable. Others will be like, it's completely flexible. They have like an asynchronous 
culture where, you know, that's collaboratively within tools, people work rather than trying to be within a certain hours for meetings and being available for like, you know, certain calls. But then it also depends on what your job is. So I used to do IT support at one point in my career. And that's, you have to be available during a certain amount of time. And you have to be very kind of like quick to respond to certain issues because of their high priority and high visibility. So in that instance, I was remote but I had to be available during a certain time. And mm-hmm. when I moved to Washington, my St. Louis, the thing I negotiated with my manager was to be available during central time to at least like the first five hours of the day. So I had to get up at like 6 a.m. So it's like, eh, it's not really that big of a deal. You know, I still got it. I was still able to move. Like I can do that. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's one of the the difficult things if you are on one of the coasts, right? And you yeah. d- depends on where your employer is based, you know? So if you're on the East coast and your employer is based West coast, you might not be starting your day until 10 o'clock. Whereas if you're on the West coast and your employer is on the East coast, you might be starting your day at five o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. So so it can be a difficult thing. I want to maybe take a little bit of a twist here because we haven't necessarily focused on the potential benefits here. And I'm curious if you're seeing this for folks who are I think for a lack of a better way of saying it, I'm going to say it this way, folks who don't physically fit into the gender binaries, and especially folks who are living in locations where not fitting into the gender binary stereotypes, do you think that that remote work is a possibility or a way for them to be able to work and not have to interface with potential discrimination Say, for example, somebody who's living in a small town in Arkansas or Nebraska or, you know, one of these locations where you're seeing a lot of hate right now towards people who are like that. Do you think there's added value perks and benefits for folks like that? Yeah, I think there definitely is, because, I mean, already in like office locations and some of this is also remote too that there's like a certain percentage of people that are not out at all at work and if they if they are they are afraid that that impacts their job in some way that impacts their promotions or bonuses even their salary and like just the way that they engage with their manager because you know that bias mm-hmm. so when you are working remotely you have that space to be able to show up in the way that you want to, especially if you don't have to do like videos and stuff which we didn't have to at Mastercard. They never did videos which I loved so much. <laughs> But yeah, you're going to go work for MasterCard now. (laughs) I feel like this is a brand plug for MasterCard. I really like the company. So it was a great job. Even though I did end up leaving it, it was a great job. But yeah, they just, I mean, no one should ever hide who they are. But now it's become very dangerous for us to be out. And especially like trans women, trans men, that if you're in somewhere like Texas or Florida in one of those cities where, or like a location where a lot of the people you work with will now have that huge bias and maybe like instant kind of turn on in their brain to treat you a certain way. Mm -hmm. You can actually put some space between you and them while working remotely. And most of the time, maybe they won't know who you are or what you are or like what you do or whatever. Of course, you should never hide that. But if you can hide it to get ahead in something, you know, use it if you want. Yeah. yeah, Sometimes we'll say this. Sometimes code switching is there are some benefits to code switching and uh, I think I will say this. I think that in general, a lot of gay men have, and and probably lesbian women as well, have been able to progress because of being able to code switch. 
and I'm I'm thinking here with remote work, especially someone who might be in the process of transitioning, which may be difficult to do in front of a team or a boss or a group of people in some of these states that are really pushing hard against it. So I just wanted to take that as a sidestep, that remote work is something that really could benefit some people in our community. I think also, especially for folks like that, finding gender affirming policies in a small company in a small town is going to be really hard. Whereas finding it in a place like a company like MasterCard that lets you work from anywhere, right? That would be, I think, very beneficial for some of those folks. Right. Absolutely. Like it's, if you can find a remote company, because you do have like a bigger option, then they will have more accept, like just more inclusive and less biased sort of policies. But if you are only constrained to a certain area, you know, you won't have that sort of inclusion and accommodation to you. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess on the on the flip side, you know, there's a benefit there that you can sort of manage who you interact with. So you could so if you have anxiety with working with people too closely or or around too many people, or you you don't for whatever reason want to be visible for for a period of time or ever, there's one benefit there on one hand. But on the flip side, what suggestions do you have for folks so that they stay engaged with their team and their manager enough that nobody's saying, well, what does this person do? <laughs> Why are they here? And how do you how do you manage that? Because there, there is a balance, right? You don't want your boss to forget that you exist and all the contributions that you make, so you get your you know get your, your bonuses and and whatnot. Yeah, right. So like, not every team will be able to do like a morning stand up, so everybody's included. So I really encourage people to talk to their manager every single day. You can tell them in the morning what you did, or at the end of the day what you accomplished. At least have like a one on one with your manager every week. Some, you know, them to be really engaged in the work that you do and that they're seeing what you get done. They won't always see everything you get done. Even the people in the office, they don't see everything. So write down everything that you accomplish. So, you know, when you come towards employee reviews, because I've had this happen to me in the past where I worked remotely too much at a certain job and I was actually nicked on an employee review and they told me I worked remotely too much. And I was within the remote work policy, but I had a manager who disagreed with it. So I just got like, you know, the, you know, the other end of the stick. I don't know if I can cuss on here. Oh yeah, go ahead. It's fine. And that can happen. Like even today that can happen, especially with the controversy you see in the media with how some of these companies have completely rolled back their remote work policy and staying engaged with your coworkers too. So like making sure that they include you on meetings, just keeping up contact with them, encouraging them to like stay in the systems and using the remote collaborative tools and any system, because there's been motto at like several tech companies and IT specific work will say, if it doesn't happen in a system and we can't track it, it did not happen. Right. So like really like put that at the forefront and be like, hey guys, this didn't happen. If I, you know, if I didn't, see, if I didn't see it somewhere, it didn't happen. If you're yeah, talking that, about it and doing handshakes, no, that's not cool. Yeah. That's one of the things that John and I have continuously encouraged folks and both of us say is probably one of the reasons why we were able to make the progress in our careers the way we did is we both kept a kind of a me folder of things that we did, kudos that we got, compliments, all those kinds of things we packed into one place, whether it was email or or on our computer, we put those there so that we could then, it makes it so much easier, especially when your boss goes, well, you're going to write your own annual review. And you're like, oh, <laughs> and we all dread that time of the year. But if you have a good 10, 20 things, compliments, projects that you worked on, the things that you accomplished, you can just, I don't want to say BS it, but it makes a whole hell of a lot easier to write out that <laughs> review, right? Yeah. And it's not BSing it either. No. Like, in, just like you said, like keep evidence too. 
And then there's like past jobs I've had, they've had, you know, write your own review and match it up with objectives. And the more you can do that, the more business value you can show. So if you're scared that you are missing out on promotions or bonuses, that's a way that you can kind of fight against that because it's like, hey, look at the stuff I accomplished. Look what objectives it matches up with. This shows business value. So it gives like that's what the managers always told me like show business value and you'll be you'll be able to get a higher bonus. Would you say everyone's a perfect fit for remote work? No, absolutely not. <laughs> like some like I am a perfect fit for remote work cuz I love it. At the beginning I wasn't great at it though. Like I wasn't managing my time effectively. I would get I would disassociate a lot, but I do have a problem with disassociation just like with ADHD and just this and like bipolar, the stuff that I deal with and other people, you know, might have that too. So if they're not managing themselves efficiently at first, you might see yourself slip a little bit, like just with your work style. And then other people that really like kind of thrive off the office environment, they are more productive being in person, which sometimes I am too, just not within a certain work environment. Like I like to go like co-working spaces or cafes. And that helps me because just like the the knowing of visibility on you gets you to do more. So it's like, you know, either or half and half kind of, it depends on who you are, what you enjoy and your working style. Yeah. One of the the stats that I did find was that 50% of remote workers report feeling lonely at least once a week. So I think that's something that people need to be aware of. If you want to kind of understand your own psychology, so to speak, before you sort of commit to a remote job and then find out that, oh, you don't, necessarily like it, or you can't work within that dynamic, or it kind of makes you depressed, you could it could have an adverse consequence to what you were you know, in pursuit of that job for to begin with. How would you suggest people identify whether or not they're a good candidate for a remote job before they you know, sign on the dotted line and commit to that kind of an, an employment? Yeah. So a lot of employers now are offering hybrid work environments and they're really trying to go forward with hybrid work environments. So if their company has something like that, they could trial like a day or a couple of days and see how they like it. That loneliness with working remotely, a lot of those studies also came out during the pandemic, which a lot of us, I think, struggled with being lonely. We were especially lonely because we moved to an entirely different area in the middle of the pandemic. And it was a very rainy, rainy season. We didn't like leave the house for months. And I was like, this is getting hard. I don't like this because it was fun to work remotely and like go outside and, you know, do all these fun things and like go out. And we weren't doing any of that during that time. A lot of people got really lonely, but even now, like people will continue to experience loneliness like that. So there are actually like tests that you can do online. So Teal HQ is a really cool tool and they have a little free quiz in there. Their whole tool's free, actually. It's a great like tool to use when you're in your work search or your job search, no matter if it's remote or not. And they have like a work style quiz. So you can kind of see what your working style is. And then it'll also like update the more things that you put into the platform. Oh, nice. Very cool. Thank you. So let's talk about the fun that you like to have jabbing these companies, right? Oh, right. I mean, (laughs) what's, so what's, what let's let, yeah, what's going on? We see, we see a lot of these companies rolling back their policies. I think JP Morgan and Oracle just did it last week. Companies like Disney and Starbucks and Snap, they've done it as well. A lot more companies are rolling things back. And one, why do you think that is? And two, Let's hear what you have to say about them. <laughs> okay. So like when a lot of these companies went to remote work, and when I say a lot of these companies, these are like companies that majority of the jobs could be done remotely. They could easily scale, get people's laptops, get like a VPN in place, scale up their network, even though that was really pricey at the time too. 
So they did kind of take a big hit with the costs they had as well. So they did all this stuff really quickly. And then like when a lot of that stuff too was like with mandates as well. So they kind of didn't have a choice that they had to do this. I don't think they realized that how much their employees would absolutely love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when everything started lightening up, I don't want to say a pandemic is over because it still happens. But as the companies have declared it's over, they are rolling back policies because they also have like real estate, you know, in mind, they have their old culture. Like when you change anything, it's going to take a while. And they did everything so quickly and they may have not done it the most efficient way. So of course, like you said, they kind of have to roll it back and see like where to go from here. Hybrid is becoming a really popular option. I think it's like 74% of companies offer hybrid or are planning to put hybrid in their permanent remote work policy. That also depends from team to team because a lot of those companies will have specific policies based on the team, like your manager can decide. That kind of sucks sometimes for a team where if you're just, if you don't have a manager that's on board, you won't get the same benefit as anyone else, of everyone else. But like some of these companies like Oracle, they did a really similar thing to MasterCard where they're asking people to come back two days a week after they were fully remote for a long time. And they still have tons of employees that work fully remote from different locations. So these are companies that are rolling back from fully remote work because it was their accommodation at the time and they weren't planned to do it for a long term. So they mm -hmm. had you know, other investments in place at this time that were planning for a future that was in office or hybrid. And of course the real estate. So with Oracle is two days in a week now, which is the same as MasterCard. And it's a very similar situation where the remote work policy is still very new. On the other hand, I think it's Disney and Snap that are asking employees back for most of the week. I think only they only get like one day, if that. So that's more of a stricter way that they're doing it. Maybe they'll ease up on it later. We don't know. But a lot of those companies, I can see them having a... The remote work policy will probably change from person to person, which is unfair because a lot of these people that work at these companies don't know how many people already have a fully remote job there or how many other departments are working fully remote. And those companies work with a lot of consultants and contractors. And those are usually remote people as well, because mm -hmm. that's how I started at MasterCard was as a remote contractor. So that's one thing. There are companies that I like Twitter, of course, <laughs> like let's not talk about Twitter, <laughs> but we're also going to talk about it. That's a guy who, well, Elon, you know, he does a bunch of stuff that isn't the most ethical and isn't great. So he asked everybody back and even the people that lived out of state, out of country, out of an area that didn't have an office nearby, he was going to fire you on the spot. And he did to some people. I don't know if he did to everybody. I mean, I know we know the country is like very, the company is dwindling. So that's like a totally different example all on its own. But like JP Morgan, that's a company that I don't think will ever be fully remote just because of like that culture, it would take probably a longer time for that to change. Yeah. I just, there's some, we're from financial services and my last big job allowed for a lot of remote, my big role in financial services allowed for a lot of remote work, but my, my job allowed for that. There are some roles within financial services. I just don't know if they'll ever be able to go fully remote, but I think it's antiquated for any company to say that we're not eventually going to go at least hybrid with most of our employees because right. it's 2023. We're going to start going if everything goes the way Elon Musk wants to, right? We're going to start living on other planets, right? We can't assume that everybody's going to be living on the same planet in the same state, going to the same office every day, right? It's just an antiquated system. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I, there are some roles. I just, I think it'll, it'll be impossible to say that they can be fully remote or even, even mostly remote, but maybe occasionally remote. 
Right. Well, yeah. Like I saw this meme of this girl like working in a cubicle office and everybody in the office could work remote, but her and she was the receptionist. So it's her sitting in this empty office. Yeah. <laughs> receiving yeah. who? Right. She's right. The receiving receptionist who? For like who? <laughs> phone calls, you could be done from home. I don't know if it was a security concern, but also like security tools are being updated as well to accommodate to this new style of working. Yeah. And I think that the, the effect on, I don't think a lot of people, a lot of, I didn't think about it until even more recently. I don't think a lot of people thought about the consequence to commercial real estate. And there's a big problem happening there with commercial real estate, what's happening with the market where prices are going to go. So a lot of people are, are, are hamstrung with that. What are your thoughts on, on the direction of commercial real estate as it's being affected by remote or not remote work? Ooh, I have a really interesting example of this. So back in 2020, I think beginning of 2021, Pinterest had a San Francisco office they were building and it was going to be great. Then they went completely the opposite direction. They're like, we're going to be a remote first company, remote for everybody. So they had to pay $89.5 million to get out of that building. So it's like, wow, that's one hell of an investment. But like these other companies, that's probably what they're looking at. So it's like, yeah, that yeah. makes the most sense to still keep some of your office space, figure out a new way to integrate both hybrid work and in-office work in a way that it still makes your employees happy. Because it does say a lot right now that they are trying to make employees happy, but also trying to, you know, fulfill their bottom line. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's the hard part is it would be similar, I guess, to all of us having to make a huge investment in something, right? I mean, how do you feel? How would you feel if you, you spent tens of thousands of dollars on a wedding and nobody showed up? right? You'd, you'd feel like shit. And so there are these companies that have spent, in some cases, hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars building out campuses to bring their employees together to provide a an environment where they thought it was very conducive to them being able to thrive. You know, you have these campuses that have training fitness facilities, they have cafeterias, they have all these different things that they wanted to try to help their employees with this kind of life balance while they were working. And now everybody is basically saying, fuck you, we don't want the, that anymore. We want to be able to work from home. The companies have to deal with that that cost, right? And how do they balance dealing with that cost? So. Right. Absolutely. And that's like what we're seeing with the majority of these companies, I think, that are hybrid. They, you know, they're on the headlines, it says bringing people back to work. And a lot of people think, wait, they're bringing back people full time to work. How's that work? But no, a lot of these are just doing hybrid, Yeah, which you can still kind of whittle your way around that and still negotiate for remote work if you have a certain, you know, an area where your manager is understanding and a team that is able to work like that. But then you have another side of this where is a lot of remote company, well, remote first companies do exist. And a lot of those are newer companies or companies that are like tech companies or ed tech or health tech or fintech. You know, a lot of their employees or and they don't really have the money to invest in an office location anyway. And their culture is like very virtual, but that's still a small percentage. It's about like 16 to 20 percent. So with that, how ubiquitous is remote work, especially for full-time jobs? And how can our listeners and viewers find remote work if that's something you want to do full-time or even part-time? Yeah. So like compared to 2019, there's a lot more remote work roles now than there was then. But compared to like the beginning of last year, it's it's less because still last year, a lot of these companies were still trying to figure out how are they going to proceed forward mm -hmm. with their current situation with a lot of people working remote, their putting together remote work policies. They're figuring out where, like who, what employees they can they support remotely and who needs to get back into the office. But there still are jobs available and there's entire job boards that are catered to remote workers. But 
it will include a lot of reading the fine print on jobs, meaning like when it says remote or work from home, you really need to look into does the job listing say remote, but then a state, because that probably means it's only remote in that state and you have to be, you know, a resident of that state. Does it say remote and then a city? And then you might be only like, you know, limited to that city and they'll probably expect you to come into the office sometimes, whether that mm-hmm. is maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks or like once a quarter or for certain events, that sort of thing. But if it says remote and it has like United States or remote and like only a country, then you're probably good for just remote in that country, but you'll need to get some approval when you go out of country. So I've had that experience before when I worked for a company that was anywhere in the United States, but I had to get approval if I was going to use my laptop for work outside of the United States. So you will have that. A lot of them will also say remote when they're only hybrid. And that's because they're trying to get more employees and more talent in their pool. Which the bait and you switch, might not, if you ask me. <laughs> right, bait and switch. But you might not know that until the introductory interview, which I've actually heard some managers say that that's a turnoff when someone asks that in an interview, which I don't think is, I don't think that's right. Because it's like in the current culture and like where we are right now, I don't think you should say that that's a turnoff because that's going to, that's something that's very popular with people right now. It's just like yeah. if someone asks about any other benefit at a job. Right. But weird. to shield you from some of that, you can look at a remote work policy on their website if they have it. So on their careers page, they'll list several of their policies that make their company great or certain benefits that make their culture great. So they'll probably list there a certain remote work policy that they have or just like in general what their culture is like. So are these, you said there are specific job boards for remote work. Is it so that would that be different than say LinkedIn or Indeed or Monster? I don't know where people find jobs anymore. <laughs> so LinkedIn Indeed, right. So LinkedIn and Indeed are still like the ones that I think people go to the most. I'm still and hip. They, yeah, you're still hip. <laughs> And indeed is actually you where I got my monster, first monster though. <laughs> That's monster, yeah. No, I mean my my wife still gets recruiter calls from Monster. So there. you know, they're still in there floating around. All right. Indeed is actually where I got my first fully remote job. So LinkedIn and Indeed have had the remote filter on their job board for quite a while. It's just as recent that it's gotten more filled up. And but there's other job boards out there that exist. So there is like rework remotely and remote.co are two really popular ones, but they don't have like as large of a listing as like LinkedIn or Indeed has. So you are limited to your options there. And then the competition there might be more on certain jobs. But then there are other ones as well. There's like skipthedrive.com, which has more categories available. So you can, if you go to Google and type in like remote only job boards, there's tons more out there. There's actually probably too many. And some of them will have duplicates of jobs because they pull from the same database and they just kind of want to get people to their site for ads. And to have a bigger talent pool so that people can buy to put their jobs on that site. FlexJobs is a great one, even though it is premium and they do, it's like $14.99 a month. I've used it in the past. I've never gotten a job through it, but I've known other people to get jobs through it. And I've had recruiters recommend that job board out to other people. They also have like career coaching and resume services on there, but they do have like a specific pool of jobs that won't exist on another website because they're with companies they specifically work with and they are jobs that they all vet. So there's no scams on those sites. There's no, the scam-free ones are flex jobs. We work remotely, remote.co, skip the drive. I'm pretty sure is scam-free. You'll still see scams on LinkedIn and Indeed, but they are pretty easy to spot now if you can't find the company you know, the company's presence online, or if it's like an all caps or just sounds weird, <laughs> not a lot of information. Or just sounds if it's all caps, like, Donald Trump might be trying to hire you. <laughs> right. Or if it sounds too good to be true, which, you know, Donald Trump does. That's he's a fan of MLMs, right? So. <laughs> yeah, right. so people cry to work with him. Th- this episode <laughs> is falling under our fire theme. 
a financial independence and retire. And one of the aspects of of reaching financial independence is there's this whole barista fire group, right? People who they still would like to bring in some income. Are you seeing that there are people who are able to get remote jobs where they're working, say, anywhere from 10 to 20 hours a week and still being able to maybe get some benefits and pull in some decent income? I mean, I don't want to be pushing people out there to get jobs that they're making seven fifty an hour, right? <laughs> because right. it's a remote job. That's kind of a waste. <laughs> yeah, right. And there are companies out there that will advertise this part-time remote work and then they don't pay very well. Like there's a company out there, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like an IT company. It's customer service based and they don't pay you for the time work. They only pay you for the phone calls that you answer. So these people only get, end up getting paid for like you know, like an hour of time worked when they've done like an eight hour shift, which is really oh, weird. Wow. Shit. So if there's, I can't, I think it's like, I have to look at the name because I can't remember it, but there are other like certain positions that are probably more often going to be part-time like executive assistants for smaller companies that are only virtual. A lot of marketing positions too, you'll see is like part-time for those sort of companies. And those newer companies are like small businesses. They're going to probably advertise part-time or like freelance, but then freelance, you won't get benefits. So you mentioned cover letters and um, resumes earlier. Would you include like your remote work experience on your resume? Yes. So for my resume, I usually have like the company name, the location. So like for MasterCard, it would have been MasterCard, St. Louis, Missouri, but then remote. So I put like remote next to the jobs that were either hybrid or remote. Mm. So that company knows if it is a virtual remote company I'm applying for, they do know I have experience because sometimes that will be listed in the job listing as well, that somebody has some sort of remote experience. So they know like kind of how, what your exposure is to it and how you're going to work. And so like they won't, like there won't be any surprises. Right. So you're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this kind of thing. How can our listeners connect with you or the people who are watching us on YouTube? How can how can they connect with you? Yes, they can connect with me on I like to dabble.com. I'm on Instagram as I like to dabble blog, TikTok, all the fun things, and LinkedIn. Add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then what resources do you have for people who want to pivot to remote work? Yeah. So I have tons of free guides on my website. So like if you go to the remote work and travel section, there are free guides for how to get a remote job, resume tips, how to kind of find what your skills are. Because for people that are pivoting careers, sometimes if they're going to do remote, they might do like a different, slightly different job than they did in the office. So how are they going to highlight their skills in a way that it aligns to the job that they're applying for? I also have a great guide for all the different remote only jobs you can look at, job boards, I mean. And there's also a pivot to remote work bundle. It's all the fun things. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Daniela, for joining us and sharing your knowledge with our listeners slash watchers. I am sure that there are people who will be from our community reaching out to connect with you on these various platforms. So thank you very much. Thank you. This was so fun as always. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you, Daniela, for another amazing interview. Thank you, our listeners and viewers, for joining us for another episode. Here's your criminy takeaway. If remote work sounds even remotely interesting to you, ha ha ha, or your lifestyle, sign up for Daniela's program, Pivot to Remote Work, at alitadabble.com. 
Then join us Thursday when we share the most affordable LGBTQ plus friendly city in Oregon. And next Tuesday, when we talk about how your physical and mental health affects your financial health. Have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.